What is up, guys? This is Stan R. Mitchell, and this is the 7-19-2022 edition of The View from the Front. Every Thursday and Friday, I discuss military and defense news, as well as some history, some motivation, and a little bit of wisdom. And I do all this from the uh, moderate perspective. That being said, let's get to it. So happy Tuesday. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I wanted to say a couple of quick things before we get to the news today. Uh, first, I'm amending a bit how the uh, paid versus free subscriptions work. I've decided I don't want to uh, keep folks from getting the Tuesday edition if they're not paid subscribers. So from this point forward, Tuesday posts are going to be available to everyone, but they'll be delayed by one day unless you're a paid subscriber. That way, you know, hopefully it'll encourage folks to support what we're doing here if they can. But also, I don't really want to penalize anyone if you can't make the $5 a month payment. So at most, you're just waiting an extra day on Tuesday. You'll get that content on Wednesday. But I do want to keep the option there for folks to subscribe to help support this. Uh, partly because this is what I want to be doing full time, along with, you know, the fiction writing I do. Um, for those who don't know, I do a full time job right now. And uh, this is kind of the dream. So I'm trying to balance the full-time job with the uh, podcast and the newsletter and the fiction writing. So love to, uh, you know, encourage you to support me if you can. No big deal if you can't. You're welcome to share the post and stay a free subscriber. You'll just get those editions, the Tuesday edition on Wednesday. So if you're a free subscriber, you'll get an edition every Wednesday, every Friday. If you throw five bucks in the hat, the monthly cost, then you'll get it on Tuesday and Friday. Either way, I'm glad you're here, so I appreciate that, and uh, appreciate everyone who's encouraging me and sending me emails, and um, you know, we're just trying to sustain the time I'm putting into this, and honestly, I want to put more time into it, but I need your all's help if, we, if we're going to make that happen, and if not, we'll take our time and we'll grow slow. It's no big deal either. Uh, while I'm on this topic, um, on the one hand, this is what I love doing. I love researching this stuff. I love recording it. I love doing all of this. But it's also what I think is kind of super important for our country. I know most uh, Americans don't care about foreign policy. They think it's complicated. They, they, you know, they say, hey, it's happening over there. And honestly, let's face it, most Americans are terrible at geography. But the reality is that foreign policy matters, and it matters a lot. Uh, it can be the difference between whether we foolishly invade Iraq, as we did in 2003, whether we try the impossible task of making Afghanistan, which is one of the world's poorest and least illiterate countries, a democracy. Uh, and I can make a list of things similar to that, just foolish escapades that America has tried and um, were, in hindsight, huge mistakes. So clearly, I think, you know, having well-informed voters on both sides of the aisle is important. and you know, this is a topic that means a, a heck of a lot to me because I've been the tip of the spear. I've been the young man who carried a weapon into a scary foreign land at the age of 19. I went where our country directed and um, been a lot of men and women other than me who've done that and who are doing that right now. So this, this stuff matters. And the other thing I believe is that this isn't as complicated as we think it is. I remember, you know, being much younger and thinking how stupid it was we were going to invade Iraq in 2003 when we hadn't even nabbed Osama bin Laden in Afghanistan or Pakistan yet. So why would we divide our efforts on that? Why did we do it with such horrible intelligence? You know, we'd been attacked two years prior and um, by bin Laden in 2001. We still hadn't even gotten the guy. We still hadn't really pacified Afghanistan. So why would we suddenly take part of our forces and a large part of our effort, probably 70 or 80 percent of the forces and effort that we had, 
to go into Iraq. So that was, you know, in hindsight, that was a decision that obviously most Americans think were mis- was a mistake. And I was just one of those guys who was questioning it even before we went in. So it's not like these are super complicated things. Same thing with uh, Afghanistan. You know, after we toppled the Taliban, we did that with the help of locals. We had a group there called the Northern Alliance. We didn't even have many American troops on the ground. We mostly used air power. So why would we suddenly shift to try to build a thriving democracy in one of the poorest and least illiterate countries? It's also a country that has run out numerous foreign invaders, such as uh, Russia, uh, Great Britain. So, you know, to me, that was a pretty odd shift. I wish more Americans had spoken out when it happened. Um, And during the entire time it happened, we had Pakistan, who's our so-called ally. They're playing all kinds of cute little games behind our back. And they were essentially supporting the Taliban. All of this was pretty well known. None of this was hard to find. And yet, Americans, we just kind of, we accepted the policy shift. And so, this is just some of the reasons that I think it's important we pay attention. Looking back on this, these were questions that came to me when I didn't even follow foreign policy one-tenth as much as I do now. They're common-sense questions, and it's a shame more Americans didn't ask them. And, you know, if we had, perhaps we could have saved thousands of lives and besides thousands of lives, I think we spent somewhere between two to three trillion dollars in both Afghanistan and Iraq uh, over the entire period, if you include the health care costs that we continue to pay, not to mention the horrendous cost of all the veterans who have dealt with PTSD and other serious issues, as well as just unbelievably horrific injuries that many are still to this day having to cope with and deal with on a daily basis. So it's for all of these reasons that I'm beyond passionate about foreign policy matters. And I think historically, if you look at the Vietnam War or the invasion of Iraq or mission creep in Afghanistan, you'll see that making a mistake early on in regards to foreign policy leads to disastrous consequences for our country. So that's what I'm trying to do here. I don't claim to have the answers. I don't claim to know everything. But I think we can ask the questions, seek the answers, and honestly believe we can make a difference. And so that's what I'm trying to do, trying to do it from a moderate perspective. Uh, One other thing that everyone who's followed for the past year knows is I believe with like every fiber of my belief of my being that we have to pull this country together. We have to stop hating the other side, you know, and we have to stop rewarding the loudest and most angry on whether it's the Democrat or Republican. Those are the ones who fundraise the best. They got the largest social media followings. And in many cases, those are not the ones who are actually trying to get things done. They're just almost like bomb throwers. And unfortunately, they're the ones that they get the attention and they're the ones that are succeeding. And long term, we can't have that. we got to have folks that are willing to compromise and get some things done, even if you don't necessarily get everything you want. I'm still not sure how we do this as far as bringing the country together, even though I do have some ideas. But it certainly starts with each of us, you know, being nice to our fellow Americans and understanding what Abraham Lincoln, one of our greatest presidents, said. Um, He's one of my favorite people to look up to and study. And he always said, you know, a house divided cannot stand. That's beyond obvious, and it's clear we got to pull together. Um, It's also important to remember that uh, Abraham Lincoln had only one year of schooling. He was self-educated. He learned through books. Uh, He did lots of reading, and yet he proved to be one of the wisest presidents we've ever had. So, I think his example is one we should all follow as far as trying to, you know, be unified 
as far as trying to educate ourselves on the issues and be informed. So that's what I'm basically trying to do here. So please sign up for free at a minimum. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that's great. Please do. Uh, I've got a link for you to do that. So let's get to the news. I thought we'd start this issue by talking about the heat wave in Europe. I'm sure you've probably heard about this by now because it's definitely all over the news. But uh, it's so hot right now that runways are melting in the United Kingdom. I've got a link up to that news story. Um, and even aircraft and uh, maintenance vehicles that are trying to drive or, you know, just cross the uh, asphalt, they're literally, the tires are melting. So it's pretty hot uh, in Europe right now and in the UK. And just how hot? Well, in France, it's 109 degrees. That's according to the Washington Post. Uh, Britain was supposed to hit 106 degrees. Um, that's pretty hot. And for those who don't know, very few homes in Europe have air conditioning, so they're not used to seeing this kind of heat. And uh, I'm not sure about you, but I don't know how long I'd last with 100 degree heat with no air conditioning. I've done it back in uh, in the 90s in the Mojave Desert when I was training in the Marine Corps, but I didn't sleep much and it was pretty miserable. And um, also was a lot younger. And um, that's something that's starting to play a role as well because Axios has reported that 1,100 people have already died in Spain and Portugal alone. So this heat, the heat wave is no joke. And uh, that's a pretty serious event that's happening in Europe. It's going to be uh, continuing for at least a few more days. Um, and some of the commentators have said there's very little wind, so it's just super hot. The air is not moving. And there's there's nothing they can do because they don't have air conditioning in most homes in uh, Europe right now. So let's move away from uh, Europe. Let's move to Ukraine. Uh, news broke there that Russia is going to buy hundreds of drones from Iran for use in Ukraine. Uh, this is obviously, uh, it's broken the Washington Post and a few other places. But on the one hand, this is a little worrying. Um, drones have proven very effective. These are the larger ones, many of which carry missiles. But on the other hand, I think uh, Ukrainian air defenses are much better now than they were even a few months ago. So I think the uh, impact will be mitigated to some degree. But, um, you know, anytime Russia is getting closer to Iran, that's never really a good a good sign for the West. So something to keep an eye on for sure. OK, so moving from Ukraine, let's talk about China. We haven't talked about them in a bit. Um, latest news is they're not too happy that uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi may be visiting Taiwan. I've got a link to a story there from the Washington Post. Um, and you can never really tell how upset China really is uh, since they regularly get upset over things that the United States and the West is doing. But this one does seem like a pretty big deal. Uh, the Washington Post is uh, reporting that Pelosi is going to be the first House Speaker to visit Taiwan since 1997. And that was back when uh, Republican Speaker Newt Gingrich actually visited the place. So that's uh, that's quite a while, 20 plus years. And for those who don't know, I've got a little map on the newsletter, so definitely follow the link. But Taiwan's about a 14,000 square mile island, and it's got uh, 24 million folks. And none of them, or very few of them, want to be part of China, although chi uh, China does claim Taiwan. But Taiwan has seen what has happened with uh, Hong Kong as China has started to take over Hong Kong and imprison people and clamp down on freedom of speech. So Taiwan is not exactly wanting to be a part of China. And so they've got pretty good size sea, uh, straight, a strait between a part of the sea between China and Taiwan. So it would have to be 
an amphibious invasion if Ta if uh, China tried to pull it off. And I don't think they're really ready to. Um, there are more and more reports that it might be five, ten years out. But at the same time, um, they're increasingly getting frustrated, and the West is increasingly uh, building up alliances with other Pacific nations. So, you know, who knows? It's definitely something to keep an eye on for sure. One thing I did before I uh, put out today's newsletter is I looked up exactly what we're operating under, and it's a little bit of a gray area, but on paper at least, we're operating under the U.S.-Taiwan Relations Act of April 1979, and it states that the U.S. shall provide Taiwan with defensive weapons, which will allow it to uh, prevent any kind of coercion, can hardly say the word, or anything that would jeopardize its security or its uh, social or economic system. Um, so we're operating under that on paper. But of course, as I've uh, mentioned in a previous newsletter, since uh, Joe Biden was elected president, three different times he has uh, made a gaffe or a misstatement where he said that the U.S. would uh, defend Taiwan if China invaded. Now, I know he makes some gaffes, but you know my view is that we're kind of playing this uh, bit of a game where every time he makes this comment, um, State Department folks, um, some military folks are like, ah, that was just Joe Biden, it was a gaffe. But I, I actually think he means it, and um, so I think he's saying that, but then they can't allow China to realize we've changed our policy. So our policy is we'll mostly just provide weapons, um, but to me it seems pretty clear if China did try to invade Taiwan or if they did attack it, I'm pretty sure we're going to be there to defend them. So um, that's kind of the situation all my regular readers know. We've been talking about this for more than a year. Um, it goes way back, actually, way, way back. I remember in college, after I'd gotten out of the military, I had a professor who had taught in China and was a kind of a Chinese expert in one of my political science classes. And even back then, they were talking about, would China invade? What would the U.S. do? So this is something that goes back decades. So, um, But at any rate, Nancy Pelosi will be visiting. Um, her office is saying they're not confirming if she's visiting. They say they don't discuss their travel schedules. So Maybe she changes her mind. Maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe it kind of is. So this is one we'll just have to keep an eye on. All right, so let's move away from Asia to the Middle East. I wanted to uh, discuss a column I came across. Uh, Ronald S. Lauder, which hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, he's president of the World Jewish uh, Congress and a former U.S. ambassador to Austria. Uh, he wrote a great column on Israel in the Washington Post that discussed an issue that I had read about probably five or ten years ago, but frankly, it, it had uh, kind of slipped my mind. Um, I'll mention the problem that slipped in my mind in just a moment, but let me set up the situation first. Uh, Lauder said that despite a strong economy and signed peace treaties with six Arab League nations, that Israel faces a couple of big threats in the years to come. The first is the potential that Iran could build a nuclear weapon. Uh, this is obviously something that a lot of people have been discussing. It's been in the news a lot for honestly, four or five years, and probably before that, even when uh, back when Obama was president, um, he had a deal in place. Trump discussed it a lot. So it's really been in the news pretty much continuously, um, off and on for the past at least uh, six or eight years, I would say. Uh, but the second thing which had slipped my mind is that a growing Palestinian population in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip could cause long-term problems for uh, Israel. 
Uh, Louder says that if nothing changes and if Israel continues to rule over the West Bank, it will soon face a serious challenge from the Palestinian population. His fear, and I quote, is that if it gives Palestinians full citizenship and therefore full rights, it will no longer be Jewish. If it doesn't do so, it will no longer be democratic. Either way, Israel as a Jewish democratic state will cease to exist, end quote. So this will definitely be something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, it's one of those big problems that people kind of forget about, just like it slipped my mind. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, Israel navigates those waters in the years and years. I was going to say months, but really in the years to come, because I don't think it's a short term problem. But it'll probably be one of those things like many of our governments, we kick the can down the road because we don't want to deal with anything until we absolutely have to. And by then, it's usually a much bigger problem and it's much worse. So that'll probably be what happens over there on this issue as well. All right, so we've had enough news, I think, for this uh, edition or this podcast. So let's end with some uh, motivation and wisdom. The first comes from my wife, so I have no idea who to credit it for. Uh, she shared a photo that someone had shared with her on Facebook, and it shows this uh, beautiful tree right in front of a you know, large amount of water, like on a beach somewhere, and um, there's, a, there's a sign hanging on it. And the sign says, Advice from a Tree. And there are uh, six bullets under it. So here's advice from a tree. The first one is stand tall and proud. The second one is go out on a limb. The third one is remember your roots. The fourth one is drink plenty of water, something I'm terrible at. The fifth one is be content with your natural beauty. And then the last one is enjoy the view. So I thought that was a pretty good one. Um, the next one comes from a tweet from Life Quotes. Um, it's a quote from Frank A. Clark, and the quote is, Everyone is trying to accomplish something big, not realizing that life is made up of little things. The next one comes from Motivational Quotes on Twitter, um, and it says, The secret of happiness is to count your blessings while others are adding up their troubles. I thought that was a pretty good one. Next one is from a Success Minded on Twitter as well. Actually, about all of these are from Twitter. I live there apparently, but... Um, the quote is, the key to success is to start before you are ready. And that is definitely um, some good advice. The next one's from Twitter, uh, Life Quotes, uh, happiness is good health and a bad memory. Um, that's from uh, a quote from Ingrid Bergman. Um, another one from Twitter, from Success Minded, the quote is, don't dream your life, live your dream. So again, it's don't dream your life, live your dream. That was awesome. Um, a few more here. Uh, the next one's from Success Minded as well. Your calling is higher, so your path is harder. thought that was great. And then we'll end with one more from Success Minded as well. It does not matter how slowly... Uh, let me try that again. It does not matter how slowly you go as long as you do not stop. So there you go. Some great uh, motivation and wisdom to end this, this uh, episode with. All right, that's it for this edition. Um, as a reminder, please be kind and try to your best to love your uh, fellow Americans. Um, we definitely need to pull this country together, and that starts with all of us. Don't just talk about others. That means all of us. So uh, definitely uh, try to work on that some this week until we talk again on Friday. And um, if you love what you're reading or listening to, definitely throw a couple bucks in if you can. Subscribe. Um, and even if you can't do that, tell a friend. Um Love to have some new folks out there and appreciate everyone who's already listening. And of course, don't forget to uh, check out my books if you haven't already. I've got a uh, 
Marine Sniper series about a guy named Nick Woods. I've got a detective series. There's a private investigator book. There's an action-packed Western. I've got a motivational biography book about President Obama. And I've got a couple of realistic war novels. One's about World War II, and I've got one about Afghanistan. So definitely check those out if you haven't already. And um, obviously reply to the email if uh, you're getting it by email. I'd love to hear from you guys. Introduce yourself. If you have any questions, always love to get questions. Sometimes, if you want, I'll answer them live on Friday, or I can just answer you privately, whichever you prefer. Love hearing from folks, and uh, thanks again for uh, everyone's support. Have a great day. We'll talk again on Friday.